stand up on our feet and start worship.
opportunities to sing and to acknowledge how we feel about you and what is true about you. And so, Lord, I uh, thank you that we can be called your children because of Jesus Christ and that we can sing to you and call you Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. You are the light in the darkness. And we know that when, when, as we gear up for Christmas and as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that he came, even though he was this small, that he, he was a light that overtook the world. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this church, and we thank you for that time of worship, and we just continue to just uh, exalt you and lift you up and declare you as the priority in this place. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Good morning, church. Everybody alive? Jesus is the priority here, right? Hey, say hello to those around you. We're glad you guys are here. Hey guys, we're uh, just really glad that you're here. And if you pass the friendship folders down the rows, we appreciate that. I asked Beth to share a little bit about this upcoming Christmas dessert theater. Would you guys welcome Beth to the stage? Yeah. Good morning. Um, first, I want to take the opportunity to say thank you. So many of you have said you're praying for us and you're praying for the team 
uh, the dessert theater team. And we feel that and we appreciate it. But I want you to know that we're also praying for you. We're praying that you invite your friends, your family. Um, we're praying for you that, that and them that they'll hear the message that we are offering. It's a message of hope and a hope that only God can give you. Um, and the backs, so today you'll see us wearing our shirt, wearing our T-shirts. And um, so if you see somebody wearing one of these T-shirts, you know they're either in it or helping with it or just wanted a T-shirt. Um, but ask them about it. because In the back of the shirt says, um, there is only one who can take what has truly been torn and turn it into something this beautiful. And um, that's the message of the show. Um, it's of hope and that God can take whatever the circumstance and make it beautiful. So this Friday, um, we're getting ready. We're excited. We've been working. Um, Pastor Ken said that we look a little tired. We're not tired. Well, we're tired, but we're energized too, to, um, and we're excited. And we can't wait till Friday for you guys to see it. Um, then Saturday, that's at 7. Then on Saturday, you can come at 1 o'clock. There are plenty of good seats available for all shows. But 1 o'clock, if you don't like to drive in the dark, you have little kids that need to be in bed by 7, that's the show for you. Come to that show. And then we have another one at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. And then after all these months, it's over. And it's kind of sad already. But um, please come. And um, hear the message. Someone asked me, is there a kid's nativity scene in it? There is not. They have asked me, have we seen this show before? You have not. This is brand new. The show's only a year or two old. We've never done it here. Um, and that's part of the excitement of it. It's a show that you haven't, the type of show you haven't seen in a while. And um, it's a lot of fun. The music is fun. Um, the there's laughter, there's um, sentimental feelings. Um, Lots of warm fuzzies. Warm fuzzies all over the place. There's some surprises. Have I have I hooked you in? Are you coming? Who's bought their tickets? Come on, there's a whole group over here with no hands up. Stop and see Alicia afterward and get your tickets. But we have families in the show. Uh, we have individuals in the show. And it's a show for everybody. It's not a kid show. It's, I mean, it's, kids can come, but it's not a, all kids. It's um, mostly adults. So um, please come. Luke's in it. He sings. He has some solo parts. I'm just saying. You might want to come and see that. He's, he's good. He's really good. So that's all I have to Beth, say. You're Thank Beth, you so you're doing much. an awesome job. Beth's doing a great Thank job. You. Yep. Thanks, Beth. So like Beth said, you can grab tickets in the lobby with Alicia, or you can get tickets on our website. And so this is going to be an awesome three shows. And grab tickets. Grab a friend. It's going to be good times. And then uh, I want to share that on uh, Christmas Eve, our times are 3, 5, and 7. So you can get those on your calendar and find out which whatever whatever service works best for you but three five and seven is gonna be our christmas eve uh gatherings and then uh, i want to invite uh, jeff and arlene berg up i'm, I'm gonna come down to you but these are our missionaries um to the jewish community uh here in pittsburgh they're part of the ministry called friends of israel and so i've asked them to share a little bit about what's going on 
Well, good morning. Boy, it's nice to be with you and um, just to worship, especially at this time of year. We really love the messages. They're excellent. And the music and everything. But um, Jeff and I minister with the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry um, here in Pittsburgh. And we love what we're doing. We share Jesus with the Jewish people. And um, we want to thank you for your love, your prayers, and your giving to the ministry for 30 years. So you've been a part for 30 years, and we want to thank you. And God has given us big open doors. We volunteer in the Jewish home, and um, we have a Yiddish club there and an assisted living where we not only talk about Yiddish and Yiddish things, but we tell them we're not Jewish. And it's because of the New Testament and Jesus that we love them and their language. And we've had witnessing opportunities, but we have to be very careful. It's a Jewish home. And then our worship services, the rabbi asked us to do several years ago for the non-Jews. We've had Jewish people at almost every one, and some have been saved. Nobody knows it. Nobody knows it. So we thank the Lord for that and the big opening we have now with the Holocaust Center in Pittsburgh. And uh, we even had a witnessing opportunity, a little one, but it was verbal um, with the director and her, um, I guess you could call her sidekick. But he's given us many, many open doors. And they had a huge display on the University of Pittsburgh campus. If you want to know more about it, talk to us afterwards. But it was such a wonderful thing to have the Barners with us. They came and um, just enjoyed being there. And it was so nice to introduce a pastor and his wife. And they were thrilled. We're trying to make that connection between them and the churches. It's so thrilling for me from... Uh a year ago from my perspective and Arlene's perspective, but she suffered a uh, broken femur, and it took about five weeks to diagnose. But, and she never fell. It was just through uh, medication that she was taking for lupus for many, many years. So we were living through a very, very dark period. And to see Arlene standing and walking and doing these things is just, wow, just fantastic but she she spent two weeks at the Jewish home in January after she had her a rod put in her leg and it and it was so incredible that when she was still in the hospital the rabbi was calling us well where is she <laughs> and uh, we just had a, a whole new uh, operation there uh, just at the home with her as a resident and we were able to meet and share with people that we never would have ever been able to do before and I thought of this after that we did this for the first service but uh, the physical therapist that she had uh, it was just uh, thrilling the opportunity that Arlene had with her and I had with her as well and she happens to be the daughter of a very, very prominent lawyer that you see on every TV commercial in Pittsburgh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're just, just so thankful for all what you've done for us. And uh, one thrilling thing for us as well is we are now uh, coming here on a regular basis. God has led us that way. And uh, this is our church home now. 
So uh, we're just so, so thankful and for all what you've done for us over the years. Amen. Can we thank God for the birds? Jeff, Jeff and Arlene, as he said, for 30 years have had a ministry in Pittsburgh here and have had a great connection with our church. And I'll never forget, I was a young man, and uh, they came on over here when I first started coming uh, as a youth pastor here. And they were here and sharing their ministry. And I was like, man, I want to learn more about these guys. And we were just really falling in love with them. They are taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people of uh, of Oakland. You're in over Oakland Squirrel and Squirrel Hill. Hill, all over Pittsburgh. And they're taking the gospel over there. And God is making a difference in people's lives. And so um, they are faithful. I went down with them to the um, the Holocaust exhibit, right? Yeah. That? Okay, it was lest we remember the Holocaust exhibit yeah, on University forget. of Pitt. Lest we forget. Okay, lest we forget. All right, lest we forget. See? All right, lest I remember, right? All right, so lest we forget. All right. It's starting early, folks, all right? So, yeah. Rhonda and I got to go with them, and they were introducing us to all their friends. And I can't tell you how many people come up to them and they're like Jeff, Arlene and they're like they, they love them the rabbis come to them and they love them they're, so they are, they're non-threatening people they come and they love them and that's what God's called us to do is to be the feet and hands of Jesus amen that's what they're doing so I want to ask you to pray about your part for our birthday gift to Jesus they're on our list again and, and our goal this year is 90,000 this is our highest goal that we've ever set we're asking everybody to pray about your part and to give. And we're going to be doing this over the next month here as we lead up to Christmas. But I want to encourage you. Our, we've already jumped up a little bit here. You'll see our the red has started. We're at $8,800. Can we thank God for that this morning? All right. $8,800. God is just blessing the church. And, uh, and we're seeing this. Everything that comes in that's marked birthday gift to Jesus goes directly out to those missionaries. So if you're giving to the birthday gift of Jesus, please mark it as such today. And, uh, and each week we're going to continue to highlight a different missionary on the list. We're so thankful for the opportunity that God's given us to make a difference uh, around the world. This time I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. We'll receive our morning offering. And as they come forward, I'm going to ask Jeff if you'll lead us in prayer over the offering. All right? Heavenly Father, we praise you and love you for how wonderful and great you are. And we just thank you, Lord, for just each and every one and just the sacrificial hearts that they have for giving at Crossroads Ministries. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, continue to bless the offering abundantly. And most of all, that this church would be the the light on on the hill that... Uh, many would see in this region the light of Jesus and we just pray Lord that there would, you would just bring fruit from our giving in Jesus name, Amen
Man, wasn't that powerful, huh? Let's thank God for that. What a great day of worship. Amen? I am thrilled Christmas is here. Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year. I just get so excited, all the things that happen around the church. Um, thank God for what He's doing in the church, huh? God is doing so many great things. Thursday night, I'm sorry, Wednesday night was a great night here at the church, our Thanksgiving Eve communion service, and we were just able to worship Him, lift Him up, and honor the Lord. Several people testified and gave glory and honor to God, and so it just kind of sets the day right, and then you went into Turkey, and then you went out shopping, didn't you, you know? Some of you started shopping on Thanksgiving, and some of you started shopping at 5 a.m. the next day. Some of you will wait and shop with me on Christmas Eve. It'll be just fine. So it's all good. But anyhow, we're just thanking God for all that he's doing. And as we jump into Christmas, uh, I, I want to encourage you to please bring somebody Friday and Saturday here. That's what we do. It's all about bringing people to Jesus so that they can know him and find the hope of, of Christmas. And that's what I'm going to be talking to you about this morning is we're starting into this new series, The Way in a Manger. The Way in a Manger. It's all about the way. You know, you've heard the song, Away in a Manger, and it just sounds so good. He's tucked away in the manger. But as I was thinking about Christmas this year, I said, wait a minute. Really, we don't have a way in a manger. We have the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. And so there is one way, and God chose to send him through a manger. And you're like, well, God, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you choose to send, why would you choose to come through a manger? And so today we're going to look at different aspects. Uh, we're, throughout this series, we're going to look through four aspects of the way in the manger. And today we're going to look at hope. And, and, you know, if you were to plan to save the world, how would you choose to do it? I don't know that I would have chosen uh, the most humble and lowliest of places to go to a manger, but Jesus chose that, and that's what God's plan was. We're going to look at a man named Isaiah this morning. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus came on the scene. He was prophesying from the time of 739 B.C. to 681 B.C. before Christ. He, he saw four different kings during his ministry, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And during this time, there was a cycle of disobedience. They were under oppression. They were under the judgment of the hand of God. Assyria and Babylon had come in and, and caused the country to be in exile. And so, you know, whenever the, when you experience exile, when you experience pain, there's a longing for hope. The people were under exile. And, uh, they had been scattered abroad. Um, God was, you know, the, the question was, was God ever going to continue his work? What is happening? And most Israelites at that time thought that all hope was lost. It was dark, and it was emptiness, and they thought that all hope was lost. So in exile, during this time of exile, during this time of darkness and depression of the, of the nation of Israel, God chooses Isaiah, and he gives Isaiah the word, and he prophesies to Isaiah the ultimate hope, and would come in the form of the way in the manger. I want you to think with me this morning what that would be like to think about what, what did Isaiah, like how does Isaiah just take this and say, okay, here comes a baby? Uh, imagine the struggle, Isaiah talking with God. And think about God and Isaiah having this discussion. I'm going to show you a video this morning, and I want you to watch it and just take in what a discussion between Isaiah and God might have looked like. Hi. 
So, this is what you want me to tell them. The people, your people who have lived in dark exile all these many years with their, their backs up against some Babylonian wall. It was one thing when you had me tell the king that a, a virgin would give birth. Go back to sleep, my dear. I'm talking to God. Is he listening? What do you mean, is he listening? Well, are you listening to him? You see what I mean, Lord? Even my own wife questions me. Now, you are God Almighty. You do what you want to do. But you want me to tell the people that Messiah is going to be just uh, some plain fellow like one of us? That he's going to suffer? He's going to die? Why not Moses to lead us out of exile? Or, uh, or King David, the mighty warrior, not some tiny li little... Uh, where is the oil for the lamp? It's where it always is. Uh, ah! This is what I'm talking about, Lord. We are a people in darkness, stumbling around, stubbing our toe on the sin of the world. Uh, we need... A mighty rescuer. We need, uh, we need a savior, not some tiny little. Ah, such a tiny flame, and the whole room is filled with light. I am a man of unclean lips. Forgive me, Lord. I will tell them what you have shown me, even if I don't understand it. I will trust you, good Lord, in your own good time to, to bring us uh, Emmanuel to bring us light and hope. Yeah. Light and hope. I'm coming back to bed. That is exactly um, the truth. He came to give us light and hope. And you think about this, you know, God just used ordinary people like Isaiah. Could you imagine Isaiah having this communication with God? Like he got to sit there and he got to talk to God. And he's just like, really, God, you, you want me to tell them you're going to come through the form of a baby? 
Isaiah, if you look through the book of Isaiah, the whole theme, you see two themes. There's the darkness of the times and there's the light of hope. There is darkness and then there's hope. And we keep seeing hope. We see good news. We see hope. But in their moment, they could not see the hope. As a matter of fact, Isaiah gets to prophesy and he's going to give something that he'll probably never see. Actually, he didn't see in his lifetime the fulfillment of this prophecies. Look here, the Spirit of the Lord, Isaiah 61.1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. This was the, the ministry of Isaiah. He brought good news to the people. And it changed their life whenever they would come and catch the hope. They didn't necessarily see the entire fulfillment, but they saw the hope. This morning, I'd like to give you three aspects of hope. And uh, as you look through Isaiah, you see Isaiah gave the the suffering servant over in Isaiah 52 and 53. You, You see the suffering of the Messiah, what he would have to suffer. And, and then you see the good news. You see who this was. And so God says, listen, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the dark times, I am going to give you hope. Exile is hard. There's pain, but there is hope. Hope is the light that we can see at the end of the tunnel. And so when you're going through this dark time, you know, I always, you know, I'm a Pittsburgher, so we think of those tunnels, right? You go through a dark tunnel and there's light on the other side. You can see that there's light down at the end of that tunnel. And that is what God has provided with hope in Christ. And so the people of Israel, they had come along and it's darkness. They're under oppression. They're under exile. And now they are seeing this light and Isaiah lights the light for them. Three aspects of hope this morning. Number one, hope in Christ. When you place your hope in Christ, he gets you through the wait. Uh, Whenever you think of hope, uh, you think of wait. There always is a wait. When you're hoping for something, it's something that hasn't happened yet. So you're waiting for it to come. You're waiting for the future, an event to occur. There's a hope. With God, we have hope that he will do. And it's actually more, it's not a wishful hope. It is a confident hope. It is an assurance. There is a future. And so we can see light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what Isaiah did for the people here. You know, when you're kids, you're telling your kids about Christmas, right? Tell your kid, just wait, Christmas is coming. Just wait, Christmas is coming. You take them out and you do anything right now, just wait, Christmas is coming. You're trying to tell them to wait. Tell your two-year-old, tell your seven-year-old, tell your 25-year-old, tell whatever-year-old to wait and nobody likes it. Nobody likes to wait. And so it's in the wait that there's hope. So when you were a kid,